Hi everyone, you're listening to the Bialucci Podcast, uncensored and completely unedited discussions about life and everything in it. We hope you enjoy the show. The, the song's growing on me, the, the intro song's growing on me. Yeah, it's only taken a few years, eh? Joe Foster. Good morning. It is a pleasure to meet you. I Now, I get, I've been told off recently for talking too much <laughs> online. I've been having a go at me. Everyone's an expert. Um, so if I can be allowed to 60 seconds to get off my chest the things I want to say, I'd appreciate it, just so I can get it all out now. It's your show. Yeah, so... You can do what you like. Our show. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm annoyed at you and me about something. <laughs> this is an interesting start. Um, okay. Because I prided myself coming out the gutter of neat clawing for people to inspire me. Um, so I've been through every audiobook, all the books about people past, mainly past because there wasn't a lot of modern people that were alive that I could would inspire me. Um, mostly people in America, you know, it was all okay. the LA sort of stuff. So, so I'd been through all of them. And then your book dropped on me. And I, I was annoyed. I think, well, how have I missed this? I had no idea. So do you, when was your book published? Just, over, just over 12 months ago. Uh, oh, so 2020. Just... October 1st, 2020. When did you start the pro- When did you put pen to paper, so to speak? Uh, about seven years before then. Really? Yeah. And was it a constant working on it? Or were you coming back to it every sort of few months sort of thing? No, no, not really. I... Uh, I I'd retired, as you know, I'm retired and I'm lying back nice and in the sun in Tenerife and uh, reading Wikipedia and Google and they're telling me how Reebok started. <laughs> and there's a photograph of Joe Foster and he's the founder of Reebok. And I, who's he? Yeah. Not a clue. No idea who would talk, what, this, what they're saying at the time. So numerous people have said, why don't you write your story? And I said, well, I don't know. But this prompted it. Yeah. I thought, I've got to get the record right. So, yeah. Seven years ago, I started writing, and you know, I, I, I'd not kept any diaries. So the main right. problem was chronology. Yeah, 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 yeah. I came up with, yeah, I did this, I did this, and I did this, but when did I do that? So right, it, yeah. it, 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 took me, it took me at least five years and five different drafts just to, to get round to the point where I'm happy with the story, with the chronology, with everything. Then I asked a guy to read it because I'm a shoemaker. Believe it or not, yeah, I'm a shoemaker. It says, it, it says in the title to me. <laughs> yeah, gives you a clue. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, so I probably didn't think I was a really good writer. And you, you, you need a story to sort of just yeah. keep it going. Yeah, you need to want to read the next page, the yeah. next page. So I got a guy just to sort of, I, we call it color it in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 So he coloured it in, yeah. and we ended up with a story five years ago that we took to a publisher. And between a publisher getting hold of it, it took two years to get that right, yeah. uh, under the market and, and going. So now we're going. There's a. Uh, it's. Uh, I hate to shove praise in people's faces that aren't. But it's it's really good. And I didn't see that when I asked if you'd come on. It's not because you're an author who's got a book out. It genuinely was your story. And it sort of reminds me, we mentioned this before, about the Rocky film, where the Rocky film, it's a love story with boxing in it. And your story isn't about trainers. It's about your story yes. putting a trainer company together. Oh, that was the other thing. Why um, the, the term shoe and trainer, why was it? A, is, what's the why? I would always call it a trainer. Why is a shoe? Is that my just stupidity that I always imagine a shoe is a formal thing? 
why where did trainer come in or where did shoe come in like where does um, let's put it uh, a trainer is a shoe, isn't it? It's a type of shoe. Yeah. Oh, so I always imagine a shoe is a... Uh, yeah. A shoe is a shoe. The shoe industry. Oh, we, right. you know, when we sort of opened Jeff and myself, we, we sort of started our business. It's Jeff, um, your brother, this is it? Yeah, he's the brother, unfortunately, he's not with us. Yeah. Um, we actually sort of, you learn your trade, the shoe trade. Right, okay. But really, our what we sold our product was in the sports trade. Right, okay. Oh, see, okay. Right, so we, we were in two different trades. We, yeah. We learned how to do the manufacturing through the shoe industry, but we did our selling into the sports. Right, trip. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was different. And we, we actually taught the, uh, the shoe people a lot of things because they made shoes. Right. We made trainers. They, yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There's a difference between making shoes and making trainers. Trainers is a, it's a sort of a type of, I mean, now we all call them sneakers. Yeah, that's well, yeah. There, there, was, there was a point in the book, because I've got like ADHD and bloody did the lot dyslexia, so I I never trust myself, so I have to keep re listening to make sure I heard what I heard. And when there was a guy in it called Shoe, yes, <laughs> I, would, uh. I said, "Hang on, shoes? Who? What?" And I had to keep going. Right? Did they definitely say Shoe the fellow yeah. or Shoe the person? Well, and there also there is a company called Shoe as well. There's a high street company. There is, yeah. is there? Shoe, yeah, that sells. Shoes. How did he spell his name? He spelled it S A S H U. It was short for Shula, oh. and it's Russian. Oh, it's oh, Russian. Yeah. I thought it was Asian. Oh, okay. No, it's Russian. I, I knew yeah. a guy from China was called Shu. So. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. He was, uh, I think, his second generation Russian immigrant into America. So he was your first door into America sort of thing? Not my first, no. He was one of. He, the, the but he was the first, was he not? No. I thought there was three, but he was the first one. I had at least six. The oh. first one was a guy in New England. I'm just trying to search for his Sh name. Where's Chicago then? Was Chicago not through him the first time you went there? Uh, no, I... I didn't meet you in Chicago. Oh, Chicago was the NSGA show. That's the National Sporting oh, Goods it, of right. America. Okay. And that's where the government sort of decided they wanted us to export, or the, the sports trade they wanted to export. Right. And they introduced us to the NSGA, National, Shoe, National Sporting Goods of America. Um, that's in Chicago, and they were willing to pay for the stand and our return airfare, plus half of our expenses whilst we're out there. Yeah. Which, you know, why stay at home? Yeah. Well, one of the reasons you stay at home is a few expletives cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> everyone Chicago. that says Chicago, I'd heard, oh, okay, it's cold. But no, everyone says, no, you don't understand. It's yeah. not England cold. It's like this proper cold. Yeah. Well, it's the Windy City, isn't it? That's part of it. Uh, no, it's not that. No. The Windy City is to do with talking. There are a lot too many politicians. There's a lot too much talking. Oh, so it's not Chicago. to do with the weather? No. Um, it's, yeah, it's sort of become to. But it's been, oh, it's been, it's been sort of. People do make that connotation, but it's oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, track and field. I don't, are you a runner? Oh, no, no. No, never did it. Well, when we were there, of course, being a sporting goods exhibition, a lot of people, a lot of athletes go out running, go out training. And when they came back, there was icicles on no, the face. that cold. That cold, icicles, yeah. Just sort of breathing. So it's a different type of cold that I would know. It's, well, it's, it's, probably, it's probably very dry cold, but it really is. I knew a girl in, who came over here. She's an actress, and she's from Russia, but like right. up in the hills. So I can't remember the name. I couldn't pronounce it. And she said, you don't know what cold is to be talking 40 below. She said, yeah. there's rules. <laughs> she said, you know how your rules here about the landlord of a pub can't get you drunk anymore? You, if you know that person's drunk, you can't just give them a drink because something might happen. You're culpable now. She said, well, in Russia, in certain places, there's the same thing, but with the weather. If you think somebody's a little bit tipsy and they're on their own and they leave, 
that weather can kill you yeah. will die if you fall asleep it's not like here no. where you might get the pneumonia you will die in the cold and they was, know yeah. that's how yeah. wow when you think about the weather killing you it was solid a, yeah. Yeah. you just got solid by morning if you yeah fell asleep it, it made me laugh when you was in the book you um you said you went to America and uh, you was explained to me you're from England. And somebody said, is that near London? Near London, yeah. And I love the Britishness of it when you just went, yeah. you like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't <laughs> offend you. Yeah. Um, uh, you accept that, don't you? So, yeah. You know, I mean, I love America. I love the Americans. But they do have a very insular, surprisingly enough, a very insular view. A lot of them do. A lot travel. Yeah, of course. But they also take America with them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They don't understand you're in another country. That's right. America comes in and the the voices are always loud. Yeah. You know, you do get, you know, I mean, we're talking in general. Of course. Yeah. We're talking in general because I know a lot of quite nice Americans. When I say nice Americans, but they speak quieter and, um, you know, they, they listen. Yeah. Whereas a lot of Americans don't listen. They're very loud. I mean, I knew a guy from New York, and it, people say cliches aren't everyone, but there's a reason why things are a cliche because the knowledge has been handed up. These take generally tied to they, be that they, way. they point towards general trends, and yeah. Say. And I yeah. knew a guy from New York who was an exaggeration of a person from New York. He <laughs> didn't know. He, he again, space was no difference. Whether you were five feet or twenty feet, he was talking at the same, <laughs> same volume. Level. Yeah, and. It did. It was all outdoor voice, was it? it, yeah, it was no, it, no indoor it voice. It did feel like he he, he, he was just. I don't know words, but he he would he didn't seem to ever listen to anything you were saying. It was like a glaze when you talk. He's just waiting for you so he can start talking again. Right. It was like right. yeah, nothing he didn't bad. Listen, just spoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember when I first time when I went to America. And, and I'd held it off because it's always a thing, me getting to America. And this is from somebody who lived on the street, so it was a bigger thing than you'd think. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went there, I was so used to here fighting everyone. Anything you want to do, if it's not normal, why are you doing that? Are you still doing that? Why are you doing that? Just do that. And it was like, it, I use the term pissing in the wind. It's like you had to fight every inch. So There's never any sort of any gust behind you. So you have to fight everything. And when I went to America... It was the opposite. You have to be careful what you said to people because if you say, I'm doing so-and-so and so-and-so, they'll get on the phone. Oh, my cousin. No, hold on. Wait there. I'll get him. And you go, oh, hang on. No, I just meant I'm in the, I might do it in the... No, it's okay. I'll get him on the phone now. And you go, oh, this is what it is. This is like they're ready to go. Everyone thinks they can be the next CEO of something. Um, but it's sort of... It's nice, but it's an extreme nice. You've got to sort of understand the, the flow of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Indeed. But I love that you're... Because we were coming up to 10 years now of me banging my head against the wall. Like, before we've turned the first pound coin is literally, like, this month. And um, it was the 10-year thing. I just it, it felt such an affinity to listen because we've been struggling, like, finding a new place, getting equipment and all that with the contracts. But it was just reminding me of your story. Right. Of the, we spoke yeah. about this before you got here, me and Charles, of every time you get a bit of success, you would think a sane person would just enjoy that success. But no, you're on the next risk. You're risking it all, <laughs> and you can't explain that to somebody. That is that that, that is something. Yeah, I wanted to ask because it seems like that there were, um, with with the growth of of your company, it seemed that there were uh, certain levels to right. it. Uh, you know, we're becoming national and then becoming sort of international. You know, between the Britain and America, and then and then going global. You know, and it seemed that they, you you sometimes reach these sort of uh, most of the glass ceilings, and then you would look for ways to to sort of push through to that next level i mean is that something you actually felt i mean is that something that was just in the reading process or you felt when you were going through this 
I mean, I think that uh, your thinking progresses. You get to a certain point and what's next? But there's always what's next. You know, the journey is better than arriving. Yeah. So I could, I never wanted to arrive. It was always a journey. Yeah, yeah. And eventually when we did become number one and uh, we were a $4 billion company, and that's when I retired. The challenge was gone at that point. So what, what you're saying is like, you know, okay, you, you achieve something, you get to a point, you think, well, well, how do we improve? Where do we go next? Whether you improve or not, um, it's, it's having fun. Yeah. It's enjoying that journey. It's building a family. Yeah. You know, it's, it's taking it forward. But and the, and I, th- I think that's it's something that, I don't know whether it's in the DNA or whatever it is, but This you know. is my constant thing with it, because there's, there's, when I was doing my little thing, it was, I had to not tell people the problems that we're facing, because it made me look bad that I carried on. And it was like, is there something wrong with you? Or why would you carry on doing something that doesn't make any sense to people? So you go, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but this seems like the right thing to do. Um, And also you mentioned in there about it being an enjoyable process. Um, Do you remember the, um, I don't know if it's a philosophical thing. Um, It was just to do with how you live your life. And it's about the dying lion. Do you remember that? hyenas oh. there's, there's a dying lion and uh, it sounds like ego and it's not there's something you can't have to apologize for wanting to do something in life and the lion's dying and the, all the hyenas around him saying all the young all jumping around laughing at him saying you know you're old you're gonna die you're gonna die blah blah and he looks at them and he says yeah i'm gonna die but when I lived, I was a lion. You'll always be hyenas. <laughs> right. And it's, that's, that's an over-exaggeration. Though, but it's that thing of like, I don't, it feels right to be doing what I'm doing and constantly taking risk and people constantly saying, why are you still doing this? Why are you still doing it? Why are you risking that? That's gone wrong. Just let it go. Do the other thing. But it feels like the right thing to do. Well, if you don't have fun, you know I mean? You wouldn't do it if you weren't enjoying it. Yeah. It doesn't mean every day is real fun and real enjoyment. Yeah. But, you know, if you get up with the wrong attitude, if you're facing something and say, how did it go? You know, it should be. We, we got a letter from uh, Adidas. We were only four years into our business. And uh, we, I, uh, our silhouette had two stripes and a T-bar. And the, uh, the lawyers for Adidas said, uh, this is infringing the three stripes of Adidas. Right, yeah. Desist. And for five minutes, I mean, Jeff and I were looking Oh my God, you know, what do we do? And then start smiling and think, I did just know we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just know we've arrived. And, they're, me- and they're messing with you, really. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they think right. they deem you as competition. Yeah. Great stuff. So, what do we do? We pin that on the wall, right, stayed yeah. on the wall for a long time. We just, we just changed our silhouette. And that, we imp- it improved because we got the, uh, what, what called the vector now. Well, yeah. And, and that gave it a better distinctive look. And that, that, what I liked about your book, again, this is why I like your book, it's, um, you, it's the times when things are really going to go tits up, mm-hmm. where it's those moments where it's just a, a, where you get a letter and you open the letter and you go, the blood drains from you. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. But for some reason, you keep, like there was the legal, there was a, I didn't realize the licensing problem. I thought you get your name, that's your name. Yeah. Not every country you go to, there's another, li- or there's somebody using another. You know, you say about Spain could use a name. Yes. without. Is that still current now? Um, it's probably changed now because of the right. e- EU. I mean, you go, ah, right. we go way, way back. They had Latin law. We had sort of um, <laughs> whatever law it is. Right. And, and their law was first to the post. If somebody yeah. registered it, they registered it. Yeah. 
And uh, even, even though they were copying somebody, they'd taken their name from somebody else. Uh, we weren't the worst on that. Puma, Puma had it worse. They, in terms they, of mine. They, they took a hell of a long time to get their name back in, in back. Spain. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. It's... Why was it? Why is it so? Having been through the process, why is it such a big deal? Trademarking a name? Why is it so expensive? What? There's no work involved. Like, there's no major. You're not changing governments. I don't understand. Well, you, you're joining into a legal situation where governments and uh, authorities have to agree with each other that this this is how we treat somebody's name, right. and that has to go into a register. And you know, it in, employs people, right? And uh, but those, it just seems like yeah, that should be done in a day and a t- couple. But it's like. Oh, that was the thing we want to speak about. We were just talking before you come on about you talking about writing letters in business. Yes. And how did the process of business run? when You, you were communicating a lot with America. I think right. there was a point where you had lots of letters going back and forth. And uh, and there was sort of response times and and stuff. And I was saying there was a, there was a talk of you getting a catalogue together and, and you having to go to mm. the printers and get that sorted. And I just thought, wow, that's... It, it's changed very quickly to be instantaneous. And this whole thing of, of, of communicating, you were, set, you, were, you were talking about sitting down and, and composing a letter and actually sort of thinking about the contents right. of it instead of dashing out an email. And yes. it's a very different way of thinking about it. Well, I mean, this is the thing that we go back now. I mean, a lot of people talk about, well, what would you do now? What would your young Joe Foster do now? And, well, just a minute. You know, let's go back. Let's go back to 1958. 1958. Computers, mobile telephones, you know, smartphones—all none of that community. It was a letter, right? E- even you know, we used to have to connect if it was by telephone. It was by the cable under the Atlantic, you know. That part. The yeah, cable yeah. used to go down, and of course, there's only a limited number of lines on that. Right. So to get a call through to America, just a phone call. It's like you know, it's like you had to go through reception, the uh, telephonist sort of thing, yeah. and they say, I'll "Get back to you," because they had to find free line. Oh, so maybe an hour later, maybe even a day later. We've got your call through, Mr. Foster. No. <laughs> the yeah. phone call was a thing. Yeah. It wasn't even a, a, a certainty of phone call. <laughs> no. Wow. Well, it's like it, it relies upon somebody being at the other end as well, you know, that uh, you can do that. Uh, you know, and then we moved on from that to Telex. I don't know if you knew Telex. Nice, telex, telex was a machine where you, you typed it in and it punched holes into a tape. Oh, right, yeah. And then you fed the tape into them. You dialed up the number. Then you you fed the tape in, and it came out uh, came out the other end. Didn't they use it on the stock exchange? I think that rings well, a bell. Probably similar sort of thing. Yeah, they used to use. Uh, yeah, I've had the police have used. Uh, I think the police have used it, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are the sort of thing. The problem with telex was it's like you paid for every hole punched hole, and you <laughs> oh know, my god, so, so it's you, like a telegram. Kind yeah, of hole so punched. Just, instead of sort of saying uh, something pleasant and nice, yeah. it usually got. Uh, uh, Shortened off, and oh. it became rude. You know? Oh, right, because yeah. it's just abrupt. Yeah. There was no finesse to yeah. this language. Yeah, N- Need this tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, by the way, can you manage this sort of thing? We'd love it if you could do it tomorrow. None of that. Need this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Ricky Gervais, I was listening to his podcast. He was talking about that he got a letter um, to go to the Buckingham Palace. Right. And they just send it, and it says, blah, blah, blah. Will you be attending? Yes or no? And he said, I couldn't just tick no. And so he said, I had to phone them up and say, hi, my name's Ricky Gervais. I said, I can't just tick no and send it back. It's too, yeah. they said, to it's too just, oh, thank you very much, but I can't. And he, the guy said, that's the first time anyone's ever done that. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I couldn't, no, I'm not going, no. Um, do you like me? Yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> Why? What did I do wrong? Yeah. Um, you all, so I have to remind myself that you were there when World War II was going on. Like, because just you don't about. See, 
<laughs> so what would you have been about 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, something? Like I was 10 when it was over. I was four when it began. I was born, 30, I born in 35, oh, okay. and it started in 39. And of course, it means I've got six years growing up with a war. And what do you think about that? Were you scared? No. Was it we normal? Were just kids. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it was just you didn't realise. That's what you expect. But you did, um, what they call it, conscription? Is that what, no, what they call it when you yeah, did national, national service. service? Yes, did national so service. So when would that have been? What years would that have been? 53 to 55, it would have been. I was uh, 18 when I went uh, to do national service. What did that entail then, national service? National service meant that for two years you were taken away from home, you were given a uniform, and you had to do And where something. would it have been, like Greece or Germany or something? Uh, I was in the UK. I, did, I was on radar. Oh, okay. And uh, in fact, it was a very new radar. It's in the book. Right. A very new radar station on the East Coast. Uh, and it was a bunker, something forgot the name of the bunkers, but these went down underground and it went out under sea as well. Oh, was, okay, right. Yeah, but it was the latest thing. When I first went, it was to, to Felixstowe, a place called Trimley Heath, and this was on at ground level, the, the radar station right. at ground level. And all the old equipment was there, and the, you know, we sat around. It was in winter when I arrived. I was sat around in great coats and gloves on, and, and these things whirling in front of you, telling them where it is. And then it was only about three months later that they did open this new one at Bordsea, and... Wow, it was like state of the art, something like James Bond at that point. <laughs> you go down yeah. there, it's fabulous. Do you think yeah. you'd you'd be able to use a radar machine now? No, some, no, just got it. Well, I mean, there was, there was nothing much to it. I, I wasn't technical radio radar. We were actually operating. Oh, okay. So right. we were just following. Right, you weren't uh, the engineers. You were just yeah, relaying we the information. Well, we were taking uh, fighters up over the North Sea, and they do practice interceptions. You take two up, and one would practice going right. into the other one. You know, and. Uh, so, so can you actually remember, like, the rise of Hitler and all that? Can you remember the name? I can't remember the rise of Hitler. I mean, he, yeah, he was early. I mean, he, eight, was, nine, he was doing stuff ten. in the 20s, though, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 1936, we had the Olympic Games. He was doing uh, something in the Jesse 20s? Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. it was only, like, a six, he, seven years. No, the, 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 I mean, the Munich Putsch was uh, 20s. Oh, well, I thought it was, like, late prison. 30s. He went to prison for... for for attempting a coup and, right, then, yeah. and then got out and then that's where he, he wrote Mein Kampf and said we're not here to talk about Hitler yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be a first well, there you go. got a bit of history in here yeah. no just I'm fascinated <laughs> by those times there's not many people I could talk to about you were actually there when like everything was going on so when did rationing stop alright this is the last war question <laughs> yeah. when did rationing stop when did rationing stop stop yeah oh I can't say but it must have been about uh, four maybe five years after the war oh, so God. we're talking about probably 1950 50 wow. All the gears had to just get going again. Yeah, it's it's had, to, had to keep late. going yeah. for a, a long time after. Um, so back to praising your book again, um, and this is just me having to get this off my chest because I loved it so much. The um, it, it was you focusing on how many problems. It made me feel better with everything that I'm going through, <laughs> and we're like in it. We're like three days before we get kicked out, right. and I'm like. Steam coming out my ears. That, but, that was the, that was a nice thing. Is it wasn't. It's not. It's not a straight line. I mean, I know nothing no. ever is. But, yeah, like, but right. the interesting bits I found were were the hurdles. And you seem to have a, a lot of obstacles and a lot of hurdles. And it was how you dealt with them and, and your attitude to them as well. Yeah, it seemed to be yeah. a book of hurdles. <laughs> with every now and again, something would go right. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think life is. Uh, you know, if you if you sit down and do nothing, maybe there's no hurdles. As uh, you know, how happy are you sitting yeah. down doing nothing? So every time you move, there's always somebody ready to. Uh, step in front of you, make life difficult. It, it's not a straight line. It's, yeah. not, it's not that easy. Yeah. But, you know, when you're young, you, you're indefeatable. Yeah. So what? Yeah. It doesn't matter. So you fail. So what? Yeah. It's, it's got to be sort of, 
oh, that didn't work, so we'll try something else. That didn't work, so we'll try something else. Yeah. And it's, it's only that keeping going. You know? And then I think once, you think it was in the DNA to begin with. Yeah. Because my brother wasn't quite the same as me. He loved the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just loved it. And all he wanted, he, he had this agreement in Jefferson, I'll look after the factory. Joe, you do everything else. Yeah. You know, and that means everything else. Well, you talk about <laughs> your, your father and when you were, you were sort of wanting to go, 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 go. Yeah. And it was really nice where at the end you, you, you sort of think back to your dad and the conversation about growth and the fact that you realise you're juggling so much in one part. I think it's when you're talking to Shu about something right. and he's saying, we need the thing, we need the thing. But you're so busy just trying to keep the thing floating here. Yeah. That at the end you say maybe my dad was actually doing what I would do, <laughs> bottling things up, and he was, but he just didn't express the fact that he was. It's not that he wasn't ambitious; it was just he knew what he was doing, and that was more difficult than maybe he knew. And I thought, oh, that was a nice little way of coming around. Oh, you're sort of might be doing what he's doing. You're, you're trying yeah. to keep yourself safe. You want to do things, but you haven't got time to explain why you can't grow because you're struggling so much with the other thing. Yeah. Uh, and I like the fact that you was it Shu that it was constantly going on if you about getting wrong orders and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I like it, that. It was a good lesson. It was a good because uh, yeah. it makes you think. Well, okay, we didn't seem to have those problems back in the UK, <laughs> but it's, it's a bit like French wine. Does French wine travel? Yeah. You know, sometimes when you get it across in the UK, you think I used to like this when I was down there in France. Why don't I like it now? Right. Yeah. You know, some things don't travel, and maybe our shoes didn't travel at that time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great. I can remember like sort of size of relief for some whatever reason hearing your story and the fact that oh that's a bigger problem than I've got. Oh, because the amount of times you were thinking I have to explain that we might go broke. <laughs> like yeah. I think there's three yeah. or four times where everything's on this. We're waiting for the phone to ring. We're waiting for a letter to come through. And I thought, okay, it's not that bad for me at the moment. I'm not quite there, but um, yeah, all the, all the problems. It, I mean, all the problems. It's great, but it reminded me of something I was saying to somebody a few years ago where. Everyone nowadays wants to have a brand. I mean, just not even just a company. They want to be a brand. Right. And you, it's such a, there's so many problems that you almost don't want to start telling them because there's no point. You have to face it. I can't tell you what you're going to face. Right. Um, and it was a thing that I said to this person. I said, you have to understand that it's going to take up all of your time, more than you've got now. And this is the thing. Life doesn't care that you're starting a company it will carry on as normal. Um, and there's things, I mean, I think it was three deaths from your, is it your, your brother? Yes. Your brother's son? Was it your brother's son? Yes, he, yes. Um, your son and, um, and your my, own daughter. My daughter, which, yes. And I yeah. was just, and that was one, again, I think all that, I just took the pressure off me, was thinking, like, that's, I haven't got that, so forget you're not struggling, my friend. Um, but it was, I remember having to go to a meet, and I'm embarrassed about it now, where, uh, I had to go to a meeting and I was doing this with nothing and I had to go to a meeting I'd set up for about three months with a photographer to try and get them to work for me for nothing right, right. because I want to put this whole thing together for nothing so I could do a book and on the way there a bit getting a phone call saying oh you, your best mate died last night Ouch. didn't make any sense no. and it was it reminded me of because it didn't make sense like this doesn't work whatever the rules of life are this doesn't make sense how can you be dead I just saw him the other day it doesn't make any sense and it was when, uh, I think, you, you, so um, when your brother's son died, you, you, they didn't want, I think it was a spleen, um, he was going to have a spleen removed or something like that, and he died in the operation, a complication. But they didn't want to, they, they couldn't bring themselves to go and view the body and they asked you to do it. Okay. And it, when you, it was the, 
I lit. I, I I think this would be nice. I'd like to say something about me if I ever wrote a book. I literally took a deep breath at a point because um, you say it was. You started talking about the door in front right. of you, the big, the wooden door. I thought, yeah. yeah, that's what happens. I remember when I was told, and suddenly I, I was just focusing on the magazine that this bloke in front of me that was reading, and why is he reading that magazine? And it was when you said, um, and this isn't verbatim, but you said, I was, I knew I had to go in and look at something because you had to identify the body that I knew that was going to stay with me the rest of my life. And I went, <laughs> Before you say, and then you go and you explain things. I thought, yeah. oh my god, like that's that. Yeah, that's right. Um, and even when you 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 mention again, life doesn't care. You're, you're I think it was an award ceremony in America when you got the phone call to say your, your daughter was struggling with leukemia, mm. but she wasn't. You know, it wasn't critical at right then at point, to get a call yeah, to say, yeah. oh, she's dead. And it was your thing in your brain of like, what? Well, it doesn't make sense. You know, no, you're supposed to slowly happen, and then I get a call and I come and we yeah, show. Yeah. But life doesn't care. It yeah. doesn't care about your business, does well, it's, it? It's the wrong order as well, you know. Yeah. Parents don't see the children die. Yeah. It should be the opposite way around. Yeah. And uh, some of those things, a lot of things happen in the wrong order. And, you know, it's like trying to balance your life beyond yeah. that. And you do. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's one of those things because you've got two families when you have a brand. The minute you say you want a brand or you do a brand, that's a family. Yeah. It's yeah. a different family. You've got your, your sort of your life family, you marry, you have children. And that's one family. But you, you get a brand. Yeah. And you want people to join in with that brand. Yeah. And it's your family. Because if you don't get that, I don't think you succeed. I don't know if you know now that Reebok have just been bought by uh, ABG, which is uh, no. the authentic brand group in America. And the guy who's, uh, who's got 50% of it is Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, okay. Now, you mentioned Shaq in the book, and I didn't right. know if that was the Shaq, but was there a... No, it's a different Shaq. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah, I, got Shaq. I thought it must be too yeah. early for Shaq. Yeah. But Shaquille O'Neal, he, he's in love with the brand, just as oh, right. I'm still in love with the brand. And that's what you need in a brand. Yeah. You, need, you need love. It needs to be you, real. That comes across. You need that passion. Yeah. You know, a lot of people buy it just for the money and whatever. And, uh, in fact, Julie has an article. She's probably... Uh, an article? From, uh, yeah, that um, it's, it's an American article. The ABG have just been awarded this uh, achievement of being the best, uh, I think it's the best business in in America. Oh, okay. It's, That's it's quite a big, big a best business yes. in <laughs> America. Possibly in the yeah. sporting goods or whatever business, brand business. Yeah. But they've been awarded that. And uh, it's, 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 the guy's called James uh, Salter. Uh, he's the CEO. And they own about 30 different brands from Juicy Couture to JCPenney's. They own a lot of brands. Yeah. And normally what they do with brands is just license them. They own the brand and license it. But with Reebok, Shaq is so much into this brand. Yeah, yeah. He wants to rebuild it. So it's a regeneration. Right. You know, again, it's how you spell regeneration or rebound or re, yeah, yeah, we yeah, put yeah. the double E in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, also, I was so glad that I didn't, I didn't know that in, in the film Aliens, Sigourney Weaver had the, the futuristic Reebok boots on. And I was like, come on, yeah, that's yeah. great, that is. Like, think of that. Yeah. No, one of the greatest female heroines in one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made. One of my favourite films. Yeah, right. I, yeah. Great. How does how does the, do you approach them or do they? Do, how does that work? How did that come about? Do you know? Well, I wouldn't say it was outside of my time, but certainly you, when you when you build the brand, there's a lot of people, right? And so there are people who work with Hollywood, yeah. People who with oh, the different okay. uh, yeah, yeah. with with athletes, right? And you know they sort of take them on. You can't do there's it a system yourself. that sort yeah. of okay, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Well, I was just going to say yes because it seems it was interesting because um, it seems you started off as uh, as very much a sort of a, a, a sports brand for, right. for sporting people, yes. you know, for running shoes. Literally, they had as I said they have the utility and they had a practical purpose. And um, I think that the, the brand seems to have grown into something a bit more than that. I mean, I have every couple of pairs of Reebok uh, trainers at home. I don't think I've ever run in them, to be honest. Right. Well, <laughs> I hope that's not disappointing, but they're just casual. Well, have you run in any trainers? <laughs> no. uh, not for a long time, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. But Adidas, Nike, and Reebok, we're now fashion brands. Yeah. You know, we've we become fashion brands because yeah. we're on the street. Right. And everybody's wearing sneakers of some yeah. description. So many people now. It's comfortable. They're warm. You know, everybody's casual. Yeah, yeah. You know, when but, when I started in business, you wore a suit and you wore a tie, you know, that sort of thing. And, yeah. Uh, those very awkward street shoes that, that you know, it took you about six months to wear what in. Was it in your book? I said to them this before I was talking about stuff, and I thought, oh, hang on, I think that was in your book. It was about uh, when you got used to going to meetings in America and people were dressed in baseball caps and shoes. Was that in your book? I don't think that was in my book, no. But Whose uh, book was some... I, I don't know. Well, anyway, but yeah, we were talking about that before, that it wasn't... A, the, 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 the trainers aren't a utility thing. Now they are fashion. It's they not fashion. It's designed to do something, which yours very much was at the beginning. It was a racing shoe. Well, you've got to, you've got to decide what, to, what drives a brand, yeah. even if it's fashion or whatever. Or more, and performance drives the sports brands. So whether that's musical performance, whether they're, they're dealing with rappers or whatever, or whether it's a, a Jordan, you know, somebody who was a sports person, and for us was Shaq O'Neal. Um, those are, I suppose, motivates and drives a brand. Uh, sometimes fashion brands are, are driven by the catwalk and by design. Right, yeah, yeah. But no, what, what drives the sports brand now and has driven them into fashion is really... People who you look around now, and these influencers, influencers are very important now, and they get paid. You know, I mean, yeah. our, our first influencer maybe was uh, Jane Fonda when she actually bought a pair of. Uh, I suppose uh, they are influencers, aren't they? Even though it was then, oh, that's yeah, what yeah. they are. Yeah. Well, you know, people, people, look, what's, what's yeah. that person wearing? So this is the influence. So it's the Sybil Shepherd. That was another one. She wore yeah, Sybil Shepherd. She wore them at the Emmys. She's picking up her award. Yeah, that's and, great. Yeah. Uh, I, it, because you did very much pull towards the fact of it still being a utility thing, or like a specialist thing. This works, this shoe works, sort of thing. They have to work, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. A lot of brands don't do that now. It is a fashion thing. Well, I, on the tag of brands, LA Gear. Who's ringing? That's me, I think. Oh, sorry. About it's that. another big deal. I, I only get one of these every six months. Asia's on the phone. The, the president of the. <laughs> yeah. What phone does he use? Is it an Apple? It's uh, yeah, it's an iPhone. It's my eleven. Oh. There you go, there. there you go. Um, yeah. So, because when you the shoe started off, is it JW Foster? Yes. Yeah. It was a racing shoe. I mean, you had world class athletes wearing, choosing to wear it. Well, in in those days, to uh, influence, you influenced other athletes, right? And that was great. And then you got your gold medals, you got your world records. Yeah. My grandfather had four or three world records in nineteen oh four. That's a long time back, isn't it? Three world records, yeah. all in one race. A guy called Al Shrub. And in 1908, I think it was 1906, it would be 1900. Oh, wait. The London Olympic Games, he got gold medals then. And he got gold medals through the 1920s. In fact, Chariots of Fire, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, of Fire. That was um, Harold Abrams, Eric Little, and Lloyd Burley. They all won gold medals in the 1920s. Right. And they all wore them in my grandfather's shoes. Wow. That's it. They won what, their medals. Have you got like a, a, the oldest pair of Reeboks ever? Like, have you, is there some sort of vault? You 
No, no, no. It's like you know, did I did I keep a diary? No, it's all had to come out of here. It's, yeah, but you know, when you sit down and you start writing it, you you, you go and you say, just a minute. I, I, I'm sure I did this as well. Right. Did I? Yeah. But when did I do it? So it it was a matter of sort of slowly it comes out. That's yeah. why it took five years. Right, of course, yeah. Because you remember. And then a certain bits are more important. And the guy who uh, did the colouring in, he sort of scrubbed a lot of stuff. He said, that's just right. anecdotes. Oh, okay, right. It doesn't help the story yeah. along. No, they're just anecdotes. But I got a lot of anecdotes. Like, you know, they're the fun <laughs> bits. They're the fun bits, yeah. aren't they? They're, they're, they're the fun. That's the detail. Yeah. Did you remember, as you were writing, did you go, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> a lot of it. Oh, oh yeah. So the act I of recalling helped sort of made the book. Absolutely, I remember that. I mean, okay, you, you leave out a lot of the dross. Yeah. <laughs> a lot well, of that's the, what editors are for, yeah, sort of thing. yeah. yeah. You leave out a lot of that stuff and you go to the, I won't say just salient points because I have been told that if I want to really make a, a big killing, I should just take out everything and just put the points down and uh, and just sort of say, sell it to the uh, education. Oh, right. and that, that advice comes from the guys who wrote Chicken Soup. Oh, so the self-help kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. book. No, make I've always way. said, this is when I was trying to look into self-help, like oh, even the words, um, when I don't know, it must have been early 20s when I was trying to change my life. Mm. And I just saw absolute BS everywhere because I wasn't from a certain background. Like I was had nothing. I had no pennies. I didn't have food. Mm. So when I was looking at it, I was thinking, this is a load of old toys. This, like, Who does this help? You've got to be halfway up the ladder before this kicks in. Um, <laughs> power words in the office and all how to get ahead. Um, well, I agree. But what saved me, and I didn't know at the time, was when I would read about people's lives. Yeah. Because as long as, sort of even with your book, when I realised somebody's had it worse, it made me realise, oh, it's possible. That's what I need. I need to see that right. it's already been done before. And that was literally what saved me. So me, when I was doing everything that I've been doing, that I had to trick myself into carrying on, like, like psycho bubble in my own head, by saying, things are so bad for so long, but it's just another chapter in the book. And the worse it gets the more the rest are going to fall away. And there's just going to be this ridiculous story about just kept going and kept going and kept going. Yeah. Um, so like with your book, I would put that on with some of the other great books of just, it's just a story of somebody that kept going. The teaching tool, like I can't teach you how to do things, True. but I can just let you know that someone's already been through it. And that's the greatest personal development teaching tool you can have. Um, and you'll certainly help me. So I went through it twice, two and a quarter times now. Um, but just, yeah, the, the the struggle. I mean, even when you talk about the, the, the with your dad and the point where well, I wasn't expecting, where he basically you tell him you're leaving to do your own thing, right. which is basically turning, a, a, going, a, not just leaving, you're doing your own thing. Right. And he stood up with like a sharp object. used <laughs> was a sort of a, a standoff, like a Wild West standoff, like what's going to happen now? And the fact that he sort of blamed you for your, taking your brother as well. And I, I thought, I, I always think when you look back now, how do you think about him now? Do you think, right, I sort of get it. There was more going on than I thought at the time. Or what's your thoughts of him now? Uh, my thoughts is uh, that people want to talk about me at my time. There was a time when it was his time. Yeah. And they went through two world wars, him yeah, and his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think coming out at the end of uh, the Second World War, when you've been shut down for six years, you were shut down for five years yeah. previously, you think... You know, is this taking the fight away? Yeah. Has this taken away the message? You know, is is what he's doing now just a job? Yeah. And I think that was it. It was just a job. Yeah. 
But yeah, compared they, to what he'd, he'd done, having been through what he'd been through and still being successful at that level, that almost was the sort of success that you had in their terms, if you know what I mean, to have come through those times mm. and to have a successful business with world champion athletes. That was like, well, what more do you want? Like at, at that time, so right. there's a lot to be forgiven there. Do you know what I mean? Because right. it's mm. not why. Why do we have to go across the board? This is it. We've got every. We shouldn't even have this. So you always sort of go, yeah. And I, I'll never understand what your boots were like. Excuse the pun. Um, so I always thought. I hope there's a sort of at least a sort of understanding of like, yeah, he. There was pro- a lot going on there that wasn't just somebody that wasn't ambitious. Well, I don't, I don't think he was ambitious. I... As I say, I think it must have been to get where he got. Well, no, grandfather did that. <laughs> oh, you get, okay. You're going to go <laughs> Don't back. Don't ruin to, it. Yeah. Don't ruin it. Yeah, you go back to grandfather. Right. I mean, he, he did a lot. Yeah. Um, but he died when he was 53, quite young. As I say, I wasn't born until 35. Right. But I was born on his birthday, yeah, 18 months after he died, which sort of my grandmother insisted I'd brought my name with me. So, right, okay, yeah. so I'm the sort of reincarnation of John Foster. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe maybe the DNA, that DNA may be translated. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but my father and uncle, a bit like uh, Adi Dassler and Rudy Dassler, they didn't get on at all. You know, they fought and feuded. Right. So Rudy left the business and set up Puma. <sighs> yeah, now, I wonder if it does have to skip a general. There's something about that. Well, my father and uncle, they fought. They feuded. They didn't speak. They so they they were not working together in order to make a business happen. No matter what was in your brain, yeah. If if you, if it doesn't work between the two of you, yeah. you and they're fifty fifty. You know, it's the worst partnership. Well, to say it's the worst ship you can sail in as yeah. a partnership, and this is it. You know, fifty fifty. <clears throat> so they couldn't get on. Mm. So there was an acceptance problem. That was it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just very difficult to make decisions, isn't it? Yeah. If you can't communicate effectively. Yeah. yeah, and people say, well, you and Jeff were 50-50 in your business. Yeah, but somewhere around here, Jeff sort of thought, you know, he, he, he can be the fall guy. I'll just yeah. look after the factory. Yeah. And, you know, and I must have done a lot of things wrong in his time. Mm. But we never, ever, ever had a, had a bad word together. Just didn't, yeah. No, just yeah. didn't. He just let me get on with it. I had more with his wife than I had with Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's sort of perfect. You're a sort of specialist there, and I'm a specialist there, rather than right. both doing the same thing and tripping over each other. Um. There was a bit in the book where um, it was very nice, and you're talking about family, where you're sort of worrying that you're going to have to lay off a few people, as you say, knowing that it's basically half the workforce, and you you didn't get the reaction you thought, and even one person said, I'll stay on and help you, and I thought, there you go, that's what you call cultivating something over time, that one person saying, well, I'll help you, that you don't get elsewhere. Um, I've also said when people ask me like how did I carry on doing things because at one point there was 50 people on three projects with me having to go to work in factories at night right. not telling anyone to keep the confidence in myself three different projects 50 people and me going to work in a factory and someone said how do you keep all those people in London doing stuff and it's because I always make sure I'd like them and they yeah. liked me yeah. because I knew from experience that if somebody sees it as a job then they put hours onto it, and life won't doesn't care about your hours. So what I had to do is make sure I liked people, make sure they believed in what it is we were trying to do. Absolutely, because you need a lot of buffers. Things aren't going to be on time, and you can't have people going. Well, you told me this, and that. if it's a job to you, it doesn't work. So when that little bit came up, it was nice that oh, okay, somebody else. Yeah, you you cultivated a friendship, a family, like you say. It is a family, yes, and you can't fake that. That. Accident that's to come through over years, it has to be built into the system. Little things people say, it's part of your personality, it's yeah, part of the yeah. way you look at life. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you're, you're, you're an optimist and somebody comes, like, oh, well, what's better? 
Oh, oh, we can easy, that's easy. Forget that. Well, you know, yeah. you move on. If you can move on, yeah. If, you, if you're going to change it, you change it. Yeah. If not, you move on. That's so interesting. It's almost like it, it's a reflection of the company's a reflection of your personality, what you are, and what you've done. I mean, it sounds obvious when you say it. I, I do think that these uh, typically, typically organisations, you think, well, it's just a person at the top, what kind of influence they have. Well, they kind of do have a lot of influence, yeah. I think. I think it really does set the tempo, you know, and it, and it really does. If you have someone at the top who's not very good or disinterested or not attached to the thing or lacking any kind of conviction or, or yeah. confidence or or passion, as you say, um, then that kind of goes, that kind of, you know, it's a fish what's from the head down, you know, and it, and it really does, I think it does affect everyone. I mean, Look at the country right now. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Um, talk about business, talk about governments. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's interesting, Mark. Because I mean, a lot of organisations I've worked for, the you know people near the top have been a bit um, lackluster, and that's not been great. You yeah. know, and, and you try and just do your best, and it but it does bleed down. I do think, and it, it's a strange thing. You think, well, you know, me and my little uh, cubicle somewhere. You know, how's that affected by you know I don't know, managing director off somewhere else. You know, but it 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 I said it sets tone. Yeah, you don't want people to treat you like a god or even boss. Yeah, a boss is a wrong word. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. terrible word. That oh, go and ask the boss. You know, no, no. You know, look, Joe can help you. Or yeah, because it's like they say: if you're the brainiest person in in the room, you're the cleverest person. You're in the wrong room. Yeah, that's, you know? what, that's exactly what I say. You never want to be in a room where you're the smartest one because you stop right. learning. Yeah, that's right. You gotta have, and you've got to give people that um, that control, ownership. Yeah. Give somebody ownership of something. Let them bring some things to you because that, that's great. You know, they enjoy it, particularly if you listen. And yeah. it's so important is to listen. You, there's, there's, I like the little things that you just bring. Again, you don't get this in a lot of books. It's just random little small things where you talk about having, oh, was it a liquid press, that you, the big machine that you had delivered? Um, is it liquid press? Am I saying the right words? There's something uh, that... The, the, oh, the, yeah, the, it was uh, it was probably the the soul press. Soul press, that yeah. was it. Um, was there a liquid word in there somewhere? Something um, no, there was a. It was using a particular material, wasn't it? So, oh, silicon, silicon press, something like that. No, oh, okay, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. You really had to get it up the stairs. Oh, really? And it was the point of you. <laughs> this is this wouldn't be in an American book. Trying to edge it across the floor with a crowbar, but the crowbar's going. You, you don't realize well, it's how the cool. it's the yeah. floors are weaker than the machine. Yeah. Oh god, that remind I remind. And you having to put everything at the edge of the. But as it's pressing the floor, because it might collapse yeah, the floor. The floor is yeah. bouncing. <laughs> like, oh, There's no health and safety in there, days. <laughs> you just did what you had to do. Yeah, it's little bits like that are great. Yeah. There yeah. was um. Do you know what? Right, I was trying to think. I was meant to text you if you got anything Reebok wear because I've got no. I've got one pair of trainers. Um, but uh, I, I thought the only Reebok related story I've got, which is funny now. But um, I was homeless for a few weeks, but um, when I ran away from home, and was there? I, I'm hoping it was Reebok. Was there a Reebok that had a basketball on the front that you pump? Mm. There was. It was Reebok. Well, then. That, that was a wonderful uh, bit of marketing there. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that was yeah. huge. That was, ge- that was yeah. genius. But I had a pair of these. God, no. To be honest, they were either fake or stolen. I don't. I, but anyway, I was living on the streets. So I had these pair. But um, the. Sh- if you want to ever see how long somebody's been on the street, you count how many bags they've got because they go down and down and down until you've got none, and that's a homeless person. And also, you look at their shoelaces because they're always getting wet. You pull them, they break, they get shorter and shorter. And like me, by the end, the, the, you know, it was just the two. What do you call the things in a trainer? Oh, aglets? Is that no? Eyelets. Eyelets. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the 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 there was basically uh, uh, 
string on the bottom right. two. Yep. So it got down to that level. So when I'd run, the big flap on these pumps was like this big. And it would come, so I'd have to curl my toes at the end, right? And I ran across the road. So I used to have to sort of half drag it so it didn't fall off at the back and curl my toes. Gripping on. Yeah. And yeah. as I crossed the road, the bloody shoe, boot, whatever you, it feels like more of a boot, it came off. And as I turned around, a van pulled up, grabbed it, and drove off. <laughs> oh. And it's, it, uh, so. Uh, one shoe. One shoe. One yeah. boot. Yeah, it's very, one boot. And I'm homeless anyway, so oh, thanks. Maybe he had another one. Maybe mm. he had, like, the right one. And then he's like, there's but a left one. That, yeah. Think of that. Think like, of that. That's not funny. That's like, what sort of world have you lived in that you do? Um, even, even, even if you do that, drop it off 100 feet up the road and That's laugh right. out the window. Yeah. Don't take it. So I had no shoe on. Like on one foot. That's incredible, that. Look at the person <laughs> that do that. That is incredible, yeah. There was a bit in the book talking about wrong shoes where you said um, early on in the days, people were climbing over fences and you'd, you'd often to get your trainer and you'd see people with two different types of shoe, a boot or a trainer on or two different sizes. Well, the, uh, yeah, because yeah, well, you've got a factory and of course things go wrong. Yeah. Um, you don't do much, you just throw it into the bins and, yeah. and whatever. And we used to get a lot of uh, people around Bolton and uh, maybe Julie can check this for me, but I think, was it Paddy McGuinness? Yeah. Climbing in. You know Paddy McGuinness on television? Oh, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that, well, he's a Bolton lad. Oh, uh, right. And he recalls climbing into the bin, the rework. No. <laughs> well, okay. uh, some, uh, it, I wouldn't say which one it was, but it's in North London. And she, um, 15 years ago, they had to start locking the McDonald's bins because they realise that after, I think it's an hour and a half, they have right. to get thrown out. And they once do. word gets around, there's free food there. You literally had to lock it. Then that wasn't enough. They had to put a gate and it got, it got ridiculous. I mean, I would have sort of given it out. For, you know, I wouldn't have rather than throw it in the bin. But just the yeah, rules. They get, they get, yeah, they get funny about uh, health and safety and stuff. So, mm. yeah. Don't. I, this, it drives me insane. This I've mentioned this before. There's a, is it a Marks and Spencer petrol station? But it's got the, rest, uh, the, you know, the Mini Mart in there. And every night, it happens to be the time I go in there, I see them pouring all the food into purple, purple sacks. Right. And that's one store. I've seen it done in Tesco's, which effed me off. And it made it worse because the next day where I was living um, was next to, I think it's Amy Winehouse, like a homeless shelter thing. Mm -hmm. And you'd see people first thing in the morning. who have it. That's the night where they couldn't make it work anymore. And they turn up to this hostel shelter. All the bags, all clean clothes and all that crying I've seen people. And the night before, I've seen them literally four sacks full of food, pastries all poured into a bag. Right. And it's like, you want to strangle somebody. You think, spread that out over the country. How many is going on now? How much food is being thrown away? And you've got homeless people just up the road. I even, I was dating a dentist. She gave me some toothpaste. Like they get like samples right. given to them all, all the time. Pop, right. You know, get rid of this, get rid of this sort of thing. And she gave me some, and I had boxes of this stuff. And I tried to take it into the homeless shop and said, we're not allowed to take it. Because it's like a medical, you know, mm. I thought. Like the world, that's what, really, like that, here, take, no, we, we literally can't take it. We'll do without because of the law of whatever. Toothpaste. It's not prawns. Do you know what I mean? It's not, what's going to go wrong? But if nobody wants to take a risk, you know, I don't want to know. I'd sooner let people well, you exactly. get, you get sued. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. at the end of the day. When did um, you depart from uh, Reebok? Was it 19- the, end, the end of 1989. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. We... Uh, we got to that point where I'm flying around the world maybe three times a year. I'm just going around the world and I'm um, getting picked up at the airport by a limousine, going to a nice hotel, probably the best in town. Yeah. Dining at wonderful uh, restaurants. 
Great. Sounds awful. Sounds dreadful. (laughs) And uh, I was actually hosting the Monte Carlo tennis, uh, the the celebrity tennis celebrity tournaments that we had. uh, They were Prince's Greats uh, uh, charity. And they've got you've got all the stars coming in, you yeah. know Frank Sinatra, we've got uh, Sean Connery, and uh, you know all of them. More difficult to think of anybody who didn't turn up. At yeah, these, these Charlton events. Heston, I saw somewhere. Yeah, Charlton yeah. Heston. Yeah, oh, he was great. He used to invite us everywhere. And, oh, right. uh, John Forsyth, you know, he was in uh, Dynasty. He was Dynasty. Blake Carrington of Dynasty. Oh, if you can Blake remember, Blake Carrington. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, all these people, and they were, they were great, and it was a great time. And I'm thinking, yeah, Joe, but you know. This is not your life, you know. You, you know these realists are there. That's what they're yeah. employed to do, and you know you, you, you enjoyed it, and they enjoyed it. It was great fun. Yeah. But it came a time when I thought, why am I flying around the world like this? Where's the challenge gone? Right. Yeah. You know, you'll get to that. You're not chasing anything. Where's yeah. the challenge? I literally challenge? wanted to ask you yeah. this: How did you turn it off? Because you say in the book that you wake up one day and suddenly you've only got to mow the lawn. I think, yeah. and but it's like you because things didn't carry on after that. So I think, right, what happened? What well, did you do? <laughs> things did carry on. Right. I mean, a lot of things carried on. I did uh, retire, but um, the phone kept ringing. Yeah, Joe, what happened at such and such? Because Reebok was growing that fast. Right. So many people coming into it, and uh, because we actually sold the brand into the American company, we don't actually sell the brand. The shares, yeah, the brand stayed in the yeah. UK, and it's oh. still in the UK. The brand is still owned in the UK. You'd only move from Bolton, like, was it 2010 or something? It was still up in there. Um, I think I saw 2010. Well, in 2000, that was the international division. We kept the international oh, division right, yeah, well away from okay. America because the Americans are great in America. But once the Americans get outside of America, they try and take America instead of taking the brand. Right. And, and the okay. brand. Uh, so I looked after the world. After putting America on, I must have put on another 30 different countries worldwide, going around and right, yeah, doing yeah. things and putting them on. And that's great. But uh, once the Americans decide that they're going to go outside, like Paul Fireman, he was running the American operation, and he, he wanted to see every store in the world carrying the same stuff. And I was saying, Paul, yeah. no. You know, there's different cultures. Right, yeah. uh, they want different things. There's warm countries, there's cold countries. Right, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And in Spain in those early days, I, I got this, we got our name. You, you read about Spain, and that was a good story. It's a good, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. story. But uh, all the business was coastal because it was all holiday business. There were no big sports stores in in the middle of Spain. They didn't yeah. have, it right. didn't happen. Of course, yeah. And uh, so they wanted to make bikinis and swimsuits and stuff. And I'm saying, well, yeah. okay then, you know, but uh, keep it. Yeah. I want to say American. They want they make bikinis. I said, look, Paul, this is their business. Yeah. You know, if you want a Reebok business, they'll sell you sneakers or sell you trainers yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But you know, it's a beach business. Right. Yeah. So. They need other beach stuff to go God, in. God, I haven't even thought of that. Yeah, too, I mean, I was Paul then until you explained it. You said, yeah. no, it, it might be a hot country. Might, they won't. I remember somebody telling me that why chocolate tastes different in different countries. I said, like in Australia, because it's hotter, they have to put less milk in to stop it melting in movement. I thought, oh, so that's things taste different because of the ingredients have to be changed depending on the climate so the bloody that's things right. don't melt. I was like, oh. I was like, so every time you talk like it within the book, but even now, when you talk about the licensing and the different things, you think, oh, God, it's not a brand that you just sell. It's a, every, it splits into different little brands. And yes. they, but you've got to try and keep the main source of it. So you kept that in England, that the actual brand was England. It, it stays in England, yes. But I remember coming down, the, uh, the Americans, I think the IRS got a bit sort of uh, annoyed. At why, why are you sending, I think it was 5% royalty, back to England? Everything is 5% royalty. And the IRS were saying, no, 
you know, you should be keeping that money. And yeah. Reebok is saying, well, it's only in Britain. Well, you know, we, we're going to make, we're questioning that now as to why that should be. And I remember going out to Trafalgar Square and meeting with the Inland Revenue. Oh, God. With the Americans. Right. And I remember that. In fact, I still got the cards from these guys we met. And then, you know, the story sort of came out and they said, well, you know, the, the English guy said, we're talking about IRS, yeah? Um, we don't do very well in an argument against the IRS. <laughs> I was going to say to you, did you take the Americans aside and say, listen, yeah. uh, please just keep your mouth shut? Yeah. <laughs> and so the Americans said, okay, well, uh, can, we, can we move the brand? Right. And the guy said, yeah, you can move the brand. Of course you can. But there will be a cost yeah. because you're taking away an asset. And, right, yeah. you know, and they said, well, how much then would you charge us? We're taking away a then we were probably something like a $1.5 billion brand. How much would you charge us to take the brand and sort of register it as an American brand? And uh, the guy said, oh, don't know. Um, can you give us a figure? Any idea? No, no, no. He said, if you want to move it, you move it. Well, how do we pay? We'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, never got moved because they didn't want to take the risk of moving something. And then the Inland Rams said, well, you moved it. Now we want, uh, you know, yeah. five hundred million because you moved that asset which, away. Which country was it? There's a little thing about. I think Paul must might not have been Paul was in the meeting when they were using your name. Was that Spain? And there was a meeting where they said, "Okay, so how much we're going to have to put something in the clause in a contract to say when we do buy it back from you? How much do you want to value the company?" And they yeah, went away, and about a minute later, the they came up with a number. Um, was that Paul? Was he the one? No, that- no. We're, we're talking about. Um, my lawyer. Um, yeah, you said he gave you a wink. Derek. 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 Yeah, Derek, the, uh, he, he was an unusual guy, but he was a, he was a master of law. Not about it, and he was a master of law. You which, know. And which country was this that was using the name? Well, you ask me that question again, and I'll sit here for a minute, and then you'll realise that's the type of guy he is. Well, come on. Really? Come on. Yeah. And his, <laughs> his brain would be going... Right, and you just just, let, just like working out a personal chess right, game, yeah, yeah. And then you come back and you say, "Okay, nothing more." Okay, what? Yeah, <laughs> okay, what? So he would figure these out, and uh, you know, he, we went every agreement. We used, I used to go with him, so we made the distribution agreements in all the different countries. And this one in Spain, they actually had registered the name. So one of the within that, we had to have our name back. Right. Right? Okay, we'll give it now. But they had to have the distribution rights. Right, yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, no problem with that. And, then, I mean, Derek would say, Joe, we need to go out. So we'd leave a meeting. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> we'd sit outside. Okay, Derek, I mean, I got used to it by then. Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. what are we going to do? <laughs> and say, well, we, we need to let them think. We need to right. just, you know, we, if you're sitting together, let them talk, let yeah, them think. Yeah. Yeah, let something happen. I said, yeah, then we'd go back into the meeting. And he, he could do this with the Americans really good. He was really yeah. good with the Americans. <laughs> uh, so we go back into this meeting with the, uh, with, with the Spanish guys. And, uh, and he said, well, okay, you've got the distribution. We've got the name back. But now we, we can't really go away from here unless we've got the rights to buy yeah. your company. And they're thinking, oh. <laughs> well, they were thinking, no, 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 we're not going to sell our company. You know, no, because that owns the brand. Um. Or the rights because of the agreement we've got. Look, we really need to be able to buy your brand. Uh, well, how, and they said, how do you value that? And Derek said, it doesn't, we're, not, we're not worried about the value. Yeah. We just have, need to have the right. Yeah, yeah, if we've yeah. got the right to buy it, then that's, that's enough for us. Yeah. And the guys are saying, 
okay then, okay, well, what sort of value? And he, he said, we had, look, we don't care. Yeah. Put whatever value you want on it. I knew there was going to be the word 10 million. I thought as a normal yeah. person, that's enough to ask to live on. Like the t- and when you went 10, no, you said 20. 20 million pesetas. And I thought, oh, I've got it wrong. And then you went pesetas. I yeah. thought, right, right, that's 10 million pounds. I knew yeah. a person would say 10 million. <laughs> and, and they put that in. And we were quite happy to walk. They were very happy for us yeah. to walk away. I and mean, it was about 12 months or less. They came back knocking on the door. Uh, we think we're under value. Yeah, too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. You need yeah. those people around you, don't you? And those just to do that little thing like that. Yeah. When did, when did things become easy? Was it like basically near the end? Because you were, it was, you, when you'd constantly be going up against things, I remember thinking in my head, oh, come on, give him a break. Like for 10 years, you've been banging away trying to get into America. And then when you sort of done it, that was the end. I thought, Oh, hang on. When did you ever enjoy it? But the whole thing was an enjoyable. The whole thing was enjoyable. Yeah. But when the when was the easiest times? Well, probably the beginning. <laughs> um, when was the easiest time? When did, it depends what we, we call easy, of yeah, course. I, when you, know, I mean, I used to think, uh, oh, I've got, to, I've got to go back to a lawyer. I've got to use a lawyer. Maybe maybe when we're doing 50 million, we won't need lawyers. We'll be right. big enough not to have lawyers. No, the number of lawyers you get is more expensive. Twice as many. Quadruples. Yeah. I mean, yeah. bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger yeah. all the time. And you say at the end, it was when things basically come down to numbers now. It wasn't yeah. the trainer company. It was basically numbers and letters and lawyers. It's just one to nine and a series of knots yeah. at the end of it. That, that's, that's what you end up with. I mean, yeah. you know, and you lose count. You know I mean? How do you count a billion? You'll be there all day and you won't even get anywhere near counting a billion. Have to beca- at that point, you have to become an accountant, don't you? It's well, just, accountants it's... were running the company. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we became corporate. When, once Reebok became oh, corporate, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was the time for me to, yeah, uh, to say, Mary, yeah. you know, I need to ease up what, and do all the things. I was thinking, what, what points did you most enjoy of the process? What, what was the point where you were like, I'm at, when you look back, could you think, yeah, that was... That it must was, be the American deal. That, no? was when the, America... that was when I was actually having fun, and that was when I was really, you know, well, you know you, having you, fun, you, but that was really, you know... Yeah, you have fun at various times in various ways and doing different things. You know, and when I first took uh, my first round-the-world flight, which was that unusual ticket around the world in, in 80 days or less, mm. first-class standby. I mean, that was a fun trip. Yeah, okay. It, oh, it, like there's yeah. moments, it's not one big thing. It's yeah. Lots of, okay. Even though on that trip, the uh, the president of South Korea was uh, assassinated as I'm approaching. You know, those are sort yeah. of things. Uh, we, we sat down in Tehran three days before the students took the American hostages, and, yeah. and I'm on Pan Am. You know, and you think, hmm, managed to get away with that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it only becomes fun. When you look back on right, yes, yeah, yeah. sometimes, and uh, I was with we were with London Business School because the business schools now are enjoying my story, and London Business School a guy called Jeff, he's one of the lecturers and uh, professors interviewing, and you know it's a very structured course the uh, the MBA course. This is what you do together, and so he's asking me the questions, and he's saying, "Joe, we don't do it like that." I said, "Well, we did, yeah, you know, <laughs> we did, yeah." And he said, "You know, you keep on telling us it was fun." You know, is that not the illusion of sort of history? Yeah. That yeah. you've done it, so now it's yeah, fun. Yeah. And for a, for, for a few seconds, I'm thinking, well, there's an element of that, and there is an element of that. But, you know, I think you need to have fun. Yeah. And this is what we're saying. Jill's got a story of Shaquille O'Neal and uh, James Salter, who are now ABG. And they, they say, you know, we're a family. Yeah. And if we have enough fun with this, forget the money, it'll come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was always, it was like, 
not many people know Joe Foster. Well, no. A few more people know now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it was never about Joe Foster. It was about Reebok. Yeah. You know, we all look to Reebok. Not, right, don't yeah. look to Joe Foster, you know. But we want to make Reebok something. Yeah. So when was a fun time? I said, there's probably a lot of it is when you look back on it, you, yeah. because you survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 we yeah. survive. Yeah. Could, if you didn't survive, I'll relax maybe, when I'm yeah. dead, sort of thing. <laughs> you can always laugh at those yeah. bits. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, 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 when did, did, can you remember a moment when you decided that's it? Or was it just over like a months and years? Was there a moment when you knew, there you go, that's the one? I, I think it took some time. I, I think it was, uh, it was slow. Uh, at the point when, you know, towards the 89, uh, when, it, when we'd done all this flying around, and I'm thinking, why? Why now do I need to be flying around the world? What am I achieving? Okay, so it starts to edge its uh, way in. Yeah, and okay. I'm, I'm only achieving visiting friends. Yeah. And that's okay, but I can visit friends without all this, Yeah, doing all this. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I took the plunge and said, that's it, I'm going and whatever. And I remember sitting back there, it's a bit like uh, coming off drugs. You know, I'm thinking... Where's my next flight? Where's my next yeah, ticket? Yeah, yeah. I should be at thirty-five thousand feet. Right, yeah. You know, there's a, and that pro- that probably took about six months to get over right. the fact that why why am I not going to the airport? Why am I not getting the next yeah. plane? Um, but I guess that I probably wanted to get off the drug of just, right. just flying around yeah. the world and and, how, and when you were fifty when it sort of all lent, that was it was it? What did I make? make uh, I was just uh, fifty-four when. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and the, what was the plan then? Did you have a plan? No, the plan then was to sit back and just uh, enjoy, just do some of the things. Because, you know, I've been to some remarkable places, like going into the palace in Monte Carlo and meeting yeah. up with Prince Rainier and sharing, a, we're together and we're sharing a glass of his champagne, which is uh, very nice. Champagne, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he signed a book and things like that. I mean, these are, these are memories which, you know, you... Yeah. And this is why I know when I go anywhere, Julie comes with me. She's my second wife, of course, yeah, as you yeah. can gather. Um, she can because a lot of these things I did on my own because I'm traveling. And you come back and say, you'll never guess where I've been. Right. All right. Yeah. Where have you been? Oh, really? Fine. Yeah. Well, I guess you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, so, uh, it's a, so what's, what, what is there that you want to do now? Oh, well, you're going right, to do a no. Joe Foster Foundation? No, 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 no. <laughs> we're, going, we're going to get the uh, Re- Reebok Foundation, and that's yeah. what, you know, the Reebok Foundation. We're, we're going to get the book to become a bestseller in America because there's no point in writing a book and telling the story if nobody's going to read it. Do you sell them in sort of shoe shop, in trainer shops or anything like that? Uh, not yet, and I say not yet because it's a possibility. But that's, Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. that would be the first place. Yeah. Businesses, school business schools, London School of Economics, all that's perfect. Well, the LSE in the uh, yeah, the university uh, UCL UCL yeah, we we did that uh, day day before, and they're all they're all interested and excited, especially about in England because there's a lot yeah. of it in America, but it's a different take, it's a different way of being. I'd like to be introducing the word Bolton to Americans, Bolton. <laughs> Where's Bolton? Yes, they, they do seem to love making a meal out of uh, everyday <laughs> nouns right. for us. Well, we need to get you to sign that book. Well, that, and I'm not saying this, but I, I, as I've sat here now, nobody was contradict me saying this. It's one of the best books I've read, and it, I needed it like this, not even this, this week I needed it. Um, so I need to get you to sign it. But we were thinking we'll of some that. things to put up at our new place. So I mean, we'll call it our new place. We haven't got the money or the deposit, but we're getting in there soon. Yeah, but I want things up on the wall. And I, 
I want to see. I want. To, I was trying to look. Do you have like Reebok posters or something? Is there a Reebok poster that could be found? Does that make sense? Or is it just the Reebok an advert? poster? Do you know? Really? Careful I want. With, no, no, no. Careful yeah. Licensing and. Uh, mm. Oh, because I want something. Mo- I want something in most that room. Of the, most of the stuff that I had, and I did collect an awful lot of stuff over the time, but um, we move a lot. Mm. You know, we right now we're, we're we're almost homeless now because we we were living in France during the pandemic, uh, and then we decided, okay, we're in the wrong place because it took us three hours round trip to go and get a Starbucks. So we thought that's a bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, may I ask what happened on this uh, trip to Starbucks? What well, we the the outside of Paris and outside of the uh, Côte d'Azur, you can't get a Starbucks except on the motorways. Right, so you have to. Yeah. So we were half an hour ride away from the motorway, so we get to the motorway. Then you had to continue the motorway up to a place called Chateau Roux, where we do some shopping and they have some beautiful places to shop, but no Starbucks. So, but we get our Starbucks on on the motorway. So it costs you about 50 quid to get a coffee. To <laughs> fuel Something it. like that, yeah. A plane ticket. Yeah. To get. Um, well, I'll, I'll need to get you to sign the the book because I need something of you when you're gone to just keep me going in the new place because we need some stuff on the walls. Um, if I can send you a poster or something, would you be able to sign it? So we can, we, I'll definitely want something on the wall because that, yeah. that's the only British... I've read some other British entrepreneurs, but they're all a right. bit samey-samey. It feels like they've been read by the publisher. That I think it's because you're up north. You're from north. That's what there's, there's a yeah. That's right. I, I well, I, I felt that your your personality came through. Yeah, so definitely. That, that was the, yeah. And you, yeah. you and your personality and your values and um and and what motivated you through that and that was the really interesting bit. Yeah. Um and it was uh, and it was interesting because I you you, th- you obviously think very differently than I do and you react very differently. Much better, it seems, yeah. in circumstances than I would. Because there's situations I, I thought, I'd just give up and lie in a ditch, I think, at this point. It's my natural reaction. Like a crisps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'd just go home and cry, I think, at that point. But you, you, you seem to try and be proactive and um, positive and overcome these obstacles. So it was, it was very interesting because it was, yeah, it's very different than how I think. Well, that's the... And, and I, I, to the detriment of me, I have to say. So. I, I think that's technology that's done that. You know, we, we now have so many things like yeah. computers and uh, uh, you know, smartphones, all this sort of stuff is at your fingertips now, and yeah. you, you can do so many different things. Then we had to invent. You know, we had to create. Yeah. Yeah. All I had was a, a ticket to get on a plane and uh, a handful of uh, American Express travelers checks because I could use those anywhere. Yeah. You know, no, no credit cards. You just had to pay away, and that was the only way of doing and it. The, the thing of, as somebody told me this year, just belly-to-belly sales, meeting people belly-to-belly is one of the biggest things you can learn. Right. It's what, because everything's human, and the more computerized you get, the more those skills fall away if they were ever there. But that's what gets you through. Um, but right, so we're up against the time with this, but I really do, oh, before we go, I'm talking of products, so I have to introduce our new sponsor, Noble Water, N-O-B-L. They're aiming at being the most ethical um uh, brand of drink drink is water a drink yes a drink yes, a that there is from root to fruit they're trying to be and they're our new sponsor 100 recyclable packaging though. yeah everything mm. um you just had a nice drink of it how does it taste yeah, it's, go it tastes okay and it's Fantastic. a very very good idea I mean, there's a piece of plastic, I think, probably at the top here. But compared to a plastic bottle, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's, it says it's recycled, including the lid. Even I think the they're lid. made out of plants. Even yeah. the lid. I think right. it's plant-based, yeah. So that's Noble Water, NOBL. And they're great. I always meet any... I mean, I've got no right to get sponsors on when we're just starting out, but I've managed to get good sponsors. And um, one of the things I would always do... I, I mean, I'd end up being fussy, which I shouldn't really be allowed to do, is who are they? I want to meet them. I want, even though I'm get, they're getting nothing, really, let me meet them. And the guy that did this... I could only get up here at like 5.30 in the afternoon and he came here in rush hour, carried the case up the stairs 
and and this is the little things. Even then, in rush hour in London, came up the stairs carrying the cases, and he still had a smile and a big smile on his face when he's at the top of the stairs. And I thought that before he said anything, that shows me, that tells me the what how you think yeah. and how you live. Just that the fact didn't complain, didn't look stressed, no, no. and I expect him to. And I thought, there you go. Before he said a word, I thought, no, that's the bloke I wanna. So we're gonna have him on the show, but it's a bit annoying that we're moving offices. And this is our last show. Also, Joe, I christened the 1st of December Personal Development Day. It's our right. official because you never do it in the, the beginning of the year when you, you, you're fattest and most overweight and most broke and most dehydrated. If you're for real, you do it at the worst time when right. everyone's saying, don't know, all the excuses, which is December the 1st. So it's first. it's good that we're just about to kick in as a proper company, hopefully. You've just arrived. Your book arrived on me. We've got the sponsors. So I'm hoping these are all arrows that the universe is saying, keep going, just pointing them in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I would like to say thank you very much. Sincerely, thank you very much yeah, for coming down. It's, I know it's you've been a pleasure. Busy. It's always a pleasure to talk to people. And <clears throat> the message that's coming from the book, I've been surprised that there's so many messages because you write it as it is. And only when you look back, it's like looking back on life. I think, how did you do that, John? Yeah. How did you just walk out, go to the airport and catch a plane? And you had no connections. You yeah. went wherever you went. You couldn't talk to anybody that uh, could advise you. You just just did it. Mm. Well, I, I genuinely had to pinch myself that, okay, this bloke started rebark. <laughs> like, my brain still hasn't quite got, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a, a legend that is sort of sitting here. And you've been through all that. One of the biggest brands ever. And here, I mean, you are here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't whack my head. I'm going to wake up in a hologram, don't worry. Um, but yeah, it's quite remarkable that you did that in basically half a lifetime in terms right. of you know, that, that's but um yeah i i th- right i'm gonna if i ever win any awards i'm gonna wear reebok trainers when i do it as a little that's, it's gonna be to, a nice marketing thing head for to toe come on yeah, yeah. and this is nothing official do don't worry it's not going down do it. on paper Facebook, i want everything i want right. no i don't care it's it's something i want to tell everyone that's going on the christmas list for anyone that even remotely talks about business and i'll be talking about it for years but from now on if anything happens in the future nice little marketing thing for both of us if, if you need the help i'm gonna everyone's gonna why is he wearing what's this two bit what why is he wearing robot trainers that's it that's my little homage to you of how important it is to me that that book and you thank you so we'll let you go but joe thank you very yes, much thank it's you, been man. a real real pleasure karem it has been a pleasure Could be larger than